So welcome to New Hope Chapel Sunday morning praise and worship service. I'm actually extending the welcome to those that are looking at me through that little lens up there. So I welcome you. Uh, we have a faithful virtual watcher who is here with us this morning. It's good to see you. Live and in living color with a friend. We thank you for that. Well, if you notice in your sermon, in your outlines, your handouts, the title of my sermon is simply, All Good. And my text is the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28 to 29. I think most of you know that I'm teaching a Romans class on Thursday, and we have four lessons to go. And this Thursday, we're going to be exactly at this point, which is Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. But I can tell you that the depth and the detail that they get on Thursday will be a lot more than I'm giving in this sermon. But I I fully appreciate that these verses have to be shared with the fullest extent of the church. So you all need to hear this. Those of you who are here have a handout. In the handout, you're given the title, the text, printed out in the New King James, and of course, the sermon outline for your easy reference and note-taking. As you know, I'm asking you to walk with me through Psalm 1914. I always ask God's anointing on these, my words, which I trust are his thoughts. So, dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen? Amen. Have you ever been disappointed? Disappointed in yourself, disappointed in your spouse, disappointed in your best friend, disappointed in life. If you haven't, live a little longer and you'll find that everything and everybody will eventually disappoint you. But I think the worst disappointment of all is when you are disappointed with God. If you look to some of the greatest people in the Bible, They, at times, they felt that God didn't quite come through. And you know what I'm talking about. You have a physical disability, and you are in a lot of pain, and you've been suffering, and you ask God to heal you, but you are still unhealthy. You prayed for your marriage to work, but the divorce papers came in the mail. You know, you prayed for a loved one to live, but that loved one died. And you prayed to get that job and to get you off off unemployment, but you didn't get the job and you're still unemployed. How about this? You wake up with this feeling that you're going to have a bad day. You ask God, you pray to make it a good day. And then you walk out of the house believing it will be a good day. But it turns out to be a bad day. Believe me. There are some telltale signs that it's going to be a bad day. Here's just a few humorous examples. It's a bad day sign when your blind date turns out to be the girl you just broke up with. It's a bad day sign when the light at the end of the tunnel runs over you. It's a bad day sign with a fortune teller offers you a refund. And it's a bad day sign when the pest exterminator crawls under your house 
and never comes out. <laughs> it's a bad day sign when you are offered a senior citizen discount and you're only 35. It's a bad day sign when a black cat runs right in front of you and dies. It's a bad day sign when your four-year-old child tells you it is almost, almost impossible to flush a grapefruit down the toilet. (laughs) Well, no matter how much you pray, beg, or plead God for protection and prevention, no matter how hard you work or how cleanly you live, sometimes the wheels of life just fall off. The ship develops a, a leak. The engine on the plane quits. The, the brakes in your car fail. And if you are like me, you've had moments in your life when you can't help but ask, God, where are you? Sometimes it's worse than that. You find yourself asking, God, are you really there for my good? Well, you think, after all, I'm, you are a good guide and I'm trying to be as good a person as I can be. And yet all these things bad things keep happening to me. And then to make matters worse, a pastor like me steps up to the platform like this and looks at people like you and says, don't worry, things are going to be breaking bad. They will eventually be breaking good. Honestly, I think that sounds cold, calloused, and even somewhat condescending. But it's actually meant to be comforting. But what if it's true? What if things that are breaking bad will ultimately break good? And that all leads us to a verse in the Bible which has been referred to as the Rosetta Stone of Scripture. You know, for many, it is the greatest verse in the greatest chapter in the greatest book that has ever been written. That's the Bible. And so our text this morning, Romans 8.28 states, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. In any list of the top ten which are read, memorized, or searched verses in the Bible, this one always makes the top five. Next to John 3.16, it may be the greatest verse in the Bible, and it is to me the most comforting and encouraging verse in the Bible. Because if it's true... It puts sickness, suffering, sorrow, and death in a different light. You know, when the Apostle Paul wrote, he tells us how we can face all those things so differently than the rest of the world by doing three things. First, in your outline, consider, I can believe God's promises for me. You know, we're going to read these verses in pieces so we can really understand what exactly is being stated. Listen, God never overpromises and underdelivers. If anything, he underpromises and overdelivers. But the truth is, God promises and delivers exactly the same. He promises and he delivers. Listen again to the first part of this verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. The first word that is important is that word, we. 
And I think the promise is plain and it is true. But notice who the promise is made to. The we in this verse are those who love God. There are only two types of people in the world, those who love God and those who don't. There are people who say that they love God, but they really don't love God. The promise is only for those who love God. And then Paul goes on to clarify what he means by those who love God. He says, those who are the called according to his purpose. They're the ones who are called. These are the people whom God has called to be part of his family. And they, and they have responded to that call by surrendering to Jesus Christ and becoming a child of God. You need to understand up front, this promise is not for everybody. It is only for those who know God, love God, and worship God through his son, Jesus Christ. These are the people who can know that what God is saying is true. It is dishonest to claim you don't know what you do know. It is foolish to claim that you do know what you don't know. But you should never hesitate to claim what you do know and can know. And this verse says one thing that we can know, and that is that God causes all things to work together for our good, no matter how bad those things may be at that time. Not everybody can say, don't worry, everything will work out. Because everything ultimately doesn't work out for everybody. This is not what this verse says. What this verse says is that at the end of the day, or even at the end of life, all things will be worked out by God for the good of those who know him. Some may be thinking, wait a minute. I'm not part of your family. I'm, I, I don't identify myself as Christian. I've never trusted Jesus Christ. And yet everything seems to be working out for me. I would just simply submit this to you to think about. If what God's word says is true and you die without Jesus and you spend an eternity without God, things didn't really work out for you, did they? The promise is so strong and so specific that it is made plain that God works all things out together for good, not most things, not the majority of things, not a lot of the things, but all things. And God does not only work all things out for our good, but not, not just most of the time. He doesn't work most things out for our good some of the time. He works things out together for our good all of the time. Now, you may not be seeing how that is happening today. You may not be seeing how that's going to happen tomorrow, but the promise is unequivocal. And since God keeps his promises, we can know that ultimately God will work all things out together for our good. And as we flesh this out, you're going to see how that's true. Second in your outline, therefore, I should receive God's plan for me. Listen again to exactly what the promise says. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. The promise is not that everything works out. The promise is that God works everything out. And that's the important thing to remember for this reason. There is an old saying that says, 
The best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. It simply means that no matter how carefully a project is laid out, something can still go wrong. But that is not true of God's plan. Nothing can ever go wrong with God's plan, and let me tell you why. Behind the plan of God is the providence of God. Things don't work out coincidentally or accidentally, but providentially. The word providence comes from two words. The word pro, meaning before, and the word video, meaning to see. Providence simply means to see before. And if you listen carefully, you can hear the word provide in the word providence. So the promise of God simply means that God sees every event that's ever going to happen to me or you before it happens and has already provided for that event to fit into his plan for my life, and it will ultimately be for my good. A London cartographer by the name of John Spilsbury, he's credited with commercializing the first jigsaw puzzles around 1760. 262 years later, they are still popular in America as a way to pass the time and a cheap form of entertainment. You know puzzles, they come in all shapes and sizes. And one thing that has not changed in 262 years, it still requires the fitting together of oddly shaped, interlocking and totally different pieces. The key is always the picture on the top of the box. If you don't have that picture, best of luck to you. There are a lot of pieces that comes into your lives, some good, some bad, some straight and some crooked. How do they fit together? On the top of the box is God's plan. So God makes sure that every piece fits so that that puzzle comes out perfectly. For example, our first president, George Washington, he displayed a profound appreciation of the providence of God in his life. And he mentioned that in his first inaugural address as the president of the United States. Forty-four years later, or earlier, in the Battle of Manakahila, the then 23-year-old colonel in the British Army had two horses shot out from underneath him, and four musket balls passed through his coat. A Native American named Red Hawk later testified that he shot at Washington no less than 11 times at point-blank range and missed him. Of the 1,300 British soldiers, only 30 survived. And every officer on a horse next to George Washington was killed. Later on, years after the battle, but before he was president, Washington returned to the site of that battle. And surprisingly, he met the chief that was involved with that same tribe of Native Americans. And the chief who had led the battle in those days, recognized Washington immediately because the average height of the soldiers then was five foot four, but Washington was six foot two. The chief then made this following amazing statement. He said this, that they plotted how they could kill this leader. So the battle would then be theirs. All of his warriors were to shoot at him. And then he made a startling prophecy that sounded like it came from a prophet, a prophet in the Old Testament. He said, quote, Our rifles were leveled, rifles which, but for him, 
knew not how to miss. It was all in vain. A power mightier than we shielded him from harm. He cannot die in battle. The great spirit protects that man and guides his destinies. He will become the chief of nations and a people yet unborn will hail him as the founder of a mighty empire. End of quote. See the providence of God, which called the spirit. The chief believed was protecting George Washington and because of the plan of God. God had a plan for George Washington and his providence made sure that this plan was carried out. But I want you to understand this. Everything does work together for our good. However, it doesn't mean that everything bad that happens to you is good. It doesn't mean that every cloud has a silver lining. What Paul is saying is, when you get to the end of the road, God has a plan that everything will work out for your good. It's guaranteed by his providence. But this doesn't mean that everything bad thing that happens to you is actually good. It does mean that it is good from the vantage point of eternity. When you look back on all that has happened, it will be clear that God took even the things that were genuinely bad and he used them in such a way that in the end they accomplished his purpose. Let's look at number three in your outline. I will achieve God's purpose for me. Listen to this verse again with the last word in mind. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. There is a divine purpose to everything, and everything has a divine purpose. What is the ultimate, final, greatest purpose that God has with everything that happens to us? Well, we're going to cover that in the next verse, which is verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God's purpose for you in the final analysis is not to make you healthy, wealthy, happy, rich, or famous. God's purpose for you is to make you become just like Jesus. Do you know why that is the greatest good of all? If you are a believer, let's be honest. God doesn't always seem to be working things together for our good. I mean, as you know, even for the most committed of believers, life can be full of tragedy. Loved ones die. People get cancer. Jobs are lost. Children get hurt. It can happen to Christians as well as non-Christians. And if this were not so, non-Christians would all become Christians. But if there is no greater than Jesus, then there can be nothing better than to become like Jesus. Listen. It is not your definition of good that God promises. It is God's definition of good. Well, let's get real where we live. Have you ever been bitter toward God because of something you think he caused to happen or allowed to happen? Have you ever been disappointed with God that he didn't give you something that you asked for but you thought he should have? Have you ever been angry with God because he allowed something to happen to you or a loved one that you knew he could have prevented? Have you ever been upset with God 
because the situation didn't quite turn out the way you wanted it to. If any of these questions are true about you, and for almost all of us, at least one is, there is a truth you need to treasure, a fact you need to frame, and a principle you need to ponder, and it is this. No matter what happens in my life, your life, God is always acting to accomplish his purpose, and it will always be in your best interest. Sorry to pop your balloons, but the richest, best thing that could ever happen to anyone is not to become Bill Gates rich, Michael Jordan's famous, Donald Trump powerful, or Beyonce talented. The best thing that could happen to anyone is to become just like Jesus. That is what God has called us for, created us for, and is using everything that happens to us and eventually connects everything together for that good. But I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that life will always work out the way you want it to work out. But I can tell you, your life will work out the way God wants it to work out, and it will ultimately be for your good. No, there's nothing good about the bad things that people do, the bad things that happen to us. Sin is sin, evil is evil, and tragedy is tragedy. Bad things are going to happen to the best of God's people, but the fight is fixed, and in the end, we win. And lastly, I read a story about a king and his friend. They grew up together, and they did everything together. The king's friend had a habit. In every circumstance, he would say, this is good. Well, the king and his friend were out hunting. The friend loaded the firearm for the king who fired it, but it exploded, blowing his right thumb off. Immediately, his friend said, this is good. The king looked at him and yelled and screamed, this is not good, and he threw his friend in prison. A year later, The king was out hunting without his friend. When he was captured by cannibals, they took the king back to their village, tied him to the stake, and he thought to himself, this is not good. (laughs) Just before lighting the fire, one of the cannibals noticed the king's thumb was missing. And according to tribal tradition, you could not eat anyone who wasn't totally whole and complete. So they untied the king and let him go. When the king realized that his missing thumb was what spared his life, he thought about his best friend whom he had sent to prison. He immediately freed him and brought him to the palace. The king said, I'm so sorry. You were right. It's good my thumb was blown off. I'm sorry for sending you to to jail. That was not good. His friend said, oh no. Having thrown me in prison wasn't just good. It was the best thing that you could have ever done for me. The king said, what do you mean that was good? You have been in jail for a year. His friend said, but that was so good. If I hadn't been in jail, I would have been with you. And my thumb is not missing. (laughs) Life is tough, hard, Heartbreaking. God has made a promise. God has a plan. And God has a purpose. 
And because of that, we can know ultimately, eventually, for all eternity, in the end, it will all be good. Amen. The service is over. As you leave, prayerfully consider your relationship to the Father through Jesus Christ and count your blessings. Amen.